If you've never worked at camp before, you might have some preconceived notions about what it's going to be all about. We're here as the summer camp Mythbusters to bust six of the biggest myths about working at summer camp. Tune in to hear about the myths and also to learn some fancy words from Oliver. Hear about how vampires and camp counselors aren't super different and how working at camp will be an experience that will change your life forever. Matt also thinks your real friends suck. Okay, well, I can't defend myself in this intro, but tune into this episode. Grab those hard hats and a sledgehammer because we're going to bust some myths. This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up and coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on the ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, camp pros. This is Oliver Gregan. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a summer camp professional. And I'm Matt Hansberger. My pronouns are also he, him, and you are listening to First Class Counselors. This is a series for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. Because great camp directors know this to be true, that counselors will make kids come back to camp. If you have a great counselor, the kid's going to have a great experience and they're going to want to have even more great experiences. So that's why we do this show. So thanks for tuning in to First Class Counselors. Here we're going to cover one specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. The can't go withouts. The fundamentals. The basics. And before we get started, the best thing that you can do to help this show grow, because we want to show camp counselors and camp directors all around the world the pro tips that they might not actually have time to teach in staff training because there's so much to learn and so little time. The best thing you can do to help is to tell a friend about the show. If you're a counselor listening, there's no better way to geek out about camp than listening to our show and discussing it with your friends. If you're a camp director, this is free staff training for you. So please help us spread the word and get the show out to people. You can find Find more info about the show at gocamp.pro slash FCC. All right. But what are we talking about today? What's that free training that's coming onto your table that you don't have to worry about when summer camp comes? We're talking about some myths, some legends of camp. You know, this mythos of camp is one that is filled with legends and mystery. While much of it falls into the realms of you just need to be there to understand or it's locked away in secrecy of never tell, never can tell games. There are a few things that we can bust for you today. What is true and untrue about some of the myths that you might have heard about when it comes to camp? And so, you know, my intro might have been a little misleading, Oliver, because our podcasts are usually geared towards camp counselors and are pretty skill-based. But we're doing this one for camp directors and camp staff who want to recruit other people to work at camp. So if you know someone that you think would be really great to work at camp, but they're not quite sure, or maybe they've watched too many camp movies or camp TV shows and, and have, I know, I know, I won't give it away, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they have a weird impression of what working at camp will be. This is an episode for them. So please feel free to send it to them uh, to help us help them get to the bottom of what camp is really about. I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah. And on top of that too, if you're a first time camp counselor or you think you might be interested and this is the podcast that you're listening to, we're hoping to clear up some of the things that you might've misunderstood or may have just assumed that are going to, you know, make you think a little differently about camp. So Matt, with that being said, what's your first myth? What's the first commonly misunderstood thing when it comes to summer camp? 
Yeah, I think this myth is around for a very good reason, and I think it's uh, it might look true. But the first myth, something that you might think is true but is not true about camp, is that working at camp isn't for people like me. So if you look at the summer camp industry um, from, from the outside or you go in and drive to most camps in North America, you're going to see a lot of white people. You're going to see probably more females than males. You're going to probably see more people who love hanging out with kids. You might see people that are more like fit. Um, and it might be really easy for you to think that this is not a place for me. And I say this out of a definite point of privilege. You know, I'm a white person. I've been at camp and most of the camps that I've been at um, have been predominantly white um, with people thinking the same way, loving hanging out with kids, et cetera, et cetera. But camp needs people like you. Whether you are a person of color, whether you are a person who's differently abled, whether you like kids or not, and I know that's a little controversial, but camp needs people of all different backgrounds because there's lots of jobs at camp. You might not be working with kids. Maybe you have a passion for culinary skills. So you can work in the kitchen. Maybe you like building things or like fixing things or making things look good. The maintenance team at camp might be right for you. And it might be surprising how much you actually like kids when you get to just hang out with them. Maybe you've never hung out with kids before. And I know that um, camp will be successful with you there helping out and filling those roles. And we need to diversify the camp industry. There are too many people missing out on the awesome experience of summer camp. Um, so we do hope um, that uh, camps out there are, are they're, um, they're becoming more welcoming. We're doing our best to, um, raise equity all around the industry. And we would love it if you out there were taking part um, because kids need people like you as well. People with different interests and different backgrounds because they want to see people that they like and are hanging out and kids are introverted. So even if you're introverted and you're not, you know, crazy all over the place, you might connect with a kid. Um, we hired a lifeguard at camp one year who was, he, he was, he was just like, he was an interesting guy. He was quite introverted, very good at being a lifeguard, very great at the pool maintenance that had to happen. And there were some kids that just like loved hanging out with him. And he wasn't so sure what to think of them at the start. But then at the end of the summer, you could tell that he got super happy when the, the kids would yell Ricky and run up to him. Um, so it's really exciting. And in past episodes of First Class Counselors, if you end up listening back to our one about mealtimes, I talk about the no thank you helping. And the no thank you helping is uh, when you try just like one bite of something and if you don't like it, you spit it out. And it's kind of fun because at least you're trying it. I encourage you to try the no thank you helping of camp. Work for one summer at camp. It's two months. It's not a huge commitment. And if you don't like it, don't work at camp again. That's okay. But I guarantee you that some of you who might think that you don't love camp are going to give it a try and maybe might fall in love with it a little bit. So camp is, in fact, a place for you. Yeah, and you, I think you hit on a really good point that it, every kid um, has different interests. I like to say that every kid is going to grow up to be somebody different, right? So if you're sitting there in college right now and you're like, I'm an engineer, like I want to go and get a you know, something where I can work on my engineering come summer and you don't think that that works at camp. Well, it does. You can easily find camps that offer STEM programming that you can not only in like teach that programming, but you can take that programming to the next level and show your skills in engineering while teaching these kids. And the most important thing is if you don't go to camp or someone like you, who's really into engineering or, 
something else out there that you, you might be in a field that you think this doesn't apply to camp. And that means that there's a kid who comes to camp who doesn't know what they want to do with their life, doesn't know where they're going, what their you know dream job is, who hasn't met you yet. And I can tell you as a counselor, one of the first things that you do is you talk about your passions. You talk about the things that you care about and you implement them into your cabin. And then you might be the person who inspires that kid to become an engineer or it might inspire them to become an amazing author one day or an amazing painter or something. Because you said, you know what? I'm going to take my skill. I'm going to bring it to camp. I'm going to show kids what I'm passionate about because every kid is different. And if camp doesn't have those different people as counselors, kids are less likely or going to struggle to find some of the things that they're passionate about early on. You could be that link. So I love that point, Matt. Thank you for letting me tack on the end there. Uh, What I want to talk about, one myth that is my favorite myth and the one I probably hate the most is what you see in movies or on TV is not camp. Please don't think it is. Although it may look close to camp, the aesthetics might be the same. Jason from Friday the 13th is not going to be at camp. Although I do know the camp that that was filmed at. And I've been to the diner that is in the movie. It's really cool. Um, But nothing, nothing like what camp is. And on top of that, there are some other really great camp movies you may have seen or want to go and see or TV shows like Wet Hot American Summer, Meatballs, Parent Trap, Heavyweights. Um, For TV shows, there's Bug Juice and Bunked. These are all different ways to display camp. They're funny to watch. Um, but they are very different than what camp actually is. So while you are not going to see a machete-wielding, hockey mask-wearing, undead, immortal killer when you go to summer camp, you're going to see a lot more shorts, ringer tees, friendship bracelets, and colorful water bottles. A lot of tie-dye as well. Um, These are pretty close to what that aesthetic is. Some of the things that kind of throw you off is maybe go and watch one of these camp movies. I really like watching Parent Trap and just going... Where are the counselors? Sometimes they're in like the background, like on check-in day and stuff. Like, <laughs> but like, there's one infamous scene where they're like playing cards, I believe, and um, that one of the girls wins the cards, and the other girl has to jump in the lake without her clothes, and they run out the clothes. That shouldn't be happening at camp because there shouldn't be a counselor in that cabin <laughs> preventing these things from happening. So, um, if you are watching those camp things, the aesthetic might be close. But just know that the operations, the day-to-day camp stuff um, is pretty close. There is one very accurate thing, though, that is close. Um, typically, the camp directors, if they're ever shown, are, like, super tired and, like, worn out and, like, stressed about camp happening. <laughs> That's awesome. true. Yeah. They don't show it <laughs> yeah. as much That's as they right. do in the movies. But the camp directors are definitely sitting there going, like, oh, my God, how are they going to manage? But they put on a bright face in real life. And they smile. Just you can see a little bit of the struggle they might go through during the summer in those films. I, I would also say that you know if you want the actual picture of what camp is going to be, um, then you can ask that of what if you're in an interview process or if you're interested, you could you could just call up a camp office and say, hey, I'm interested in applying. Is there any information you can send me about what the day to day of the job looks like? Or a lot of camps uh, run year round programming. This year might be a little bit different with COVID, um, but and volunteering might be a little bit harder, but if you can find an opportunity to volunteer at one of these programs, maybe a weekend summer camp or something like that, uh, that could be a good entrance into what the daily life looks like. And um, COVID dependent, I don't know of many summer camps that would turn down some more help every once in a while. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, Matt, do you mind if I start with myth two? I would love it, please. Okay, so uh, you may imagine hearing the word camping, that that means you're gonna be in a tent all summer. Uh, 
That is not true. So uh, typically, if you're hired as maybe a trip or an adventure counselor, which is what they're, a lot of camps refer to them as, you might be doing a lot of tripping or, or camping. So you'll probably be in a tent. Uh, you might be out on a trail doing maybe a canoe or a kayak trip with some kids. Um, it varies based on the site. So you'll, you'll probably know that ahead of time and you'll get some training um, that you need to know for taking campers off sites and such and what it's like to do the tent. And hopefully if they're hiring you in that position, you have ex some experience with camping and you'd be comfortable with it. When they wouldn't just hire a random you off the street and say, hey, you're going to the tent. Some camps do, however, have more rustic facilities. So that is something that you want to look into with the camp that you're going to go into. Now, while I say that, that does not mean it's a bad thing. So if your cabin is more typically a, um, you know, wooden box with, you know, um, a roof and some screen windows, that's fine. Uh, and then you're heading out to a bathhouse. That's great. Remember, you're only doing this for two months. You're going to get to have an amazing experience. Sometimes I find that campers have a better experience. I can remember to my time uh, in New Jersey at a camp that I worked at where, uh, you know, I even brought up the idea of maybe getting those cabins like redone and, you know, modified. And it was a war zone. The campers and the staff were like, no, why would we ever fix this? It is perfect. Let us live with the trees and the bugs and the squirrels. If there is no chipmunk to come into my home, then there is no home to be had, right? Like this, <laughs> it's, it's a reality. So you will you will find that you will adapt to what it is. And on the side note, there are camps that maybe are year round. They have a full, like a full blown facility with bathrooms in the cabin and heating and, um, and air conditioning. Uh, these are amazingly useful um, and helpful and happy, but they may be different in their own ways and their own struggles, right? Like you might have campers that maybe are paying a little more money to be there, might be a little more entitled, who knows? Like it's, it's the, it's the pick of what's going on here. So don't just base your decision off of the fact that you think you might be staying in a tent all summer. Um, and if facilities are really important to you, you can look those up online, check out the camp's website, call the camp, um, take a look and learn a little bit about it. Cause you can kind of pick your comfort zone for where your camp experience is going to be. And um, I, I think that's a strong thing to do, but you won't be in a tent all summer. You might be in a yurt, maybe, uh, or a like platform tent, those are available for your choice, but you won't be just, unless you're hired specifically to do that job, it's not like you're gonna be in a you know four person tent all summer out in the rain. Right, and, and you know what, also dirt can't hurt, right? You know, like it, working at camp definitely changed my uh, perception of like what gross was. There's gross, like, you know, not showering for two days and being sweaty for most of those two days. That's, you know, that's kind of gross. And there's gross, like walking through a bog and having to come out the other side. You know what I mean? Like that's, th there's gross in that way. But even then you're just like, nah, it's camp. I'll go in the lake and it'll be fine. Um, so yeah, you will be adaptable. Um, but it's, but it is totally fair to ask about that because um, I'll go back to my first point of, of camp isn't for you. Maybe cleanliness is really important to you and that's okay. You know, some camps will be able to make that work. No problem. There might be a position that, that will work just fine for you in that way. And if there isn't, there's lots of camps out there. So Good point, Oliver. Okay. I think myth number four, we're on number four right now. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. So myth, myth four. There myth, we go. Myth four. Uh, this, I, I'm choosing all these like half-hearted myths because this, this one is kind of true as well. 
Um, myth number four is that working at camp pays next to nothing. And that's kind of like a kind of because uh, notoriously, if you've never worked at camp before, something to prepare yourself for is that camp usually isn't the best paying job. Now that is changing in the industry. Even in the last 10 years, I've seen salaries go way up and way up and more and more camps um, are abiding by the minimum or are um, there's legislation saying that camps must abide by the minimum wage laws. And that might sound weird um, if you don't know the history of it, but camps have had an exemption for a long time in certain States, certain provinces in Canada. Um, and some are now paying minimum wage. That being said, no matter what the pay is, working at camp is amazing. Camp pays in almost every other way that you can think of. Um, and, you know, there's a, we did a whole episode on this one, right, Oliver? I'll link it in the show notes about camp called Camp is a Real Job. Um, and we talk, we definitely talk about pay in that episode. Um, but we actually have two episodes if you count. We have an entire episode about camp counselor financials as well. Oh, yes. That, yes. Thank you, Oliver. I'll put both of those in the show notes. Um, but essentially, people don't stay at camp because they're in it for the money. They might come for one year because it's a summer job and, and making a little bit of money is good, but they come back because camp is such a great place. It's a great place because of the people that you'll meet. Um, it's a great place because of the opportunities that it sets up for the future. Oliver talked about, um, you know, even an engineer can come to camp. I know, I personally know three engineers who are, were also camp staff. And part of the reason they got their job was because they leveraged their experience at camp and said, I can work with a team. I've learned to work with lots of deadlines and in high pressure situations. And I'm, I was forced to be creative every single day of the job. And that is abundantly true about being a camp director. So it sets you up in that way. Um, Oliver and I many times have talked about how our closest friends are camp people. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and some of the skills that you gain of, of patience and uh, creativity and just the ability to work with kids. This is a job that will set you up really, really, really well. Finally, I would just, I would go, I'll go back to that camp counselor financial piece um, because while you're at camp, a lot of those expenses are paid for you, right? Your room and board is included in your, if you're an overnight camp, your room and board is included. Um, most camps, even day camps will provide at least one meal overnight camps. You'll get all your meals provided. You know, you're not driving to the movies. You're not, I, I don't even know what people do in COVID times nowadays. They still have movies in the States. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, simply, you know. Eventually there'll be movies that you could go to, but there's, there are lots of opportunities off camp pandemic or not to spend your money. And while you're at camp, you're not spending your money. So you actually don't um, lose as much money as you think you would working at camp. So even though the pay is not perfect, it is a getting there and B it is worth so much more than just uh, what's going to come in your paycheck every two weeks. Exactly. And if you want to know more about those, we have an episode earlier that we did that's all about camp being a real job. We have the wonderful Kim Acock who joined us for that. And then we also have a camp financials, which covers a lot of things that you would need to know if you are taking on the job of camp counselor uh, that you want to so you want to know about. So please check out those two shows. They're fantastic. And uh, they're super educational. Uh, for myth number five, I said, I love camp as a camper. I will love it as a staff member. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Don't just assume because you love camp as a camper, you are going to love it as a staff member. This is so important. As a camper, you are being served. 
People are giving you the experience. Someone is putting you first, putting you number one, and serving you. If you become a counselor, you are now going to be the person serving, which means you become second. You are not the most important person. Um, the camper becomes the most important person. And if you don't buy into that fact, it is a hard and thankless job because you won't start to see the positives that come from serving others, which is extremely important. I like to talk about this really important word to myself, which is called, uh, or something that we give to counselors and calling them altruistic. It means they're, it's a fancy word for saying they're selfless. They serve others. Um, they like that feeling that they get when somebody else um, is positively benefited from them. Mm-hmm. And camp does require a certain degree of abnegation or putting others first. So those are some great fancy words that you can now put into your word diary. Um, <laughs> but I love using them at camp. It, inclu- it increases our counselor vocabulary, but also it lets the English language expand a little bit more and explain what we're trying to do at camp. Oh, so, Oliver, you're such a dork and I love you. I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's you're, if you're reason for working at camp shouldn't be just to stay with your friends. It shouldn't be for great sunsets and it shouldn't be for just awesome activities. You can enjoy those things. Yes. Do them at camp. Have your friends look at the sunset and join in on the activities. Hell it's part of your job, right? To do those things. Um, But if you're measuring your experience by how often you get to do those things or um, like the degree in which you do them in it, you're not going to, enjoy being a counselor because enjoying being a counselor is making sure other people are enjoying those things or while those things are happening, you're helping someone who is not enjoying their camp experience, right? It's going to that homesick camper and missing a great sunset. It's not getting to go down the zip line because a camper is scared of heights and the idea of being on a thin metal cord zipping through the woods or over a lake. Like, your job becomes campers first and it means you're going to have to dismiss some of the things that you have enjoyed as a camper so that you can make sure campers are having a fantastic time. A great way to measure this is if you were ever part of a CIT program, did you enjoy that program? Did you like the process of starting to give back or was it you were on top of the mountain? Finally, you finally became a CIT after all these years. Um, did you buy into it and go along or did you rebel a little bit? Right. Did you say like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, and it's it, maybe when you're applying for a counselor, it's been like six months and you might forget that experience, but you really got to think about it. The hard part here is if you loved it as a camper and you're going to try to be a staff member, you might be in denial about why you love camp so much. You really need to evaluate yourself. Um, if you're a camp director, identifying staff with this, Feature is really important. So asking why does camp matter to you? Why is camp? Uh, why do you want to be a counselor? You're going to be looking for counselors to give the answers of, I want to be a counselor because I want to give back my experience. I want to be a counselor because I enjoy doing things that put a smile on someone else's face. Not, well, this has always been my happy place. If it's always been your happy place, that might change when you have to start serving that happiness. So sorry, I take a very hard stance on this. I've been a camp director for long enough that I've seen it and you watch uh, people kind of die out after, you know, even staff training sometimes when they start to realize that this might be, this might not be what they want to do. Um, and it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And I, th- I think that's on, um, this might not be applicable to counselors listening to this, but for directors, that's on us, 
right? That's on us to make sure we are showing what the realistic world is. And that's why a counselor in training, Oliver said CIT, that stands for counselor in training or leader in training program. That's why those programs and even your team camp programs, I think should give people a glimpse into what taking on leadership at camp looks like. Um, and if you're listening to this as a um, as a person who's not experienced at camp, I think we're, we might be painting it in a like, this is the hardest job you'll ever do picture. And you're not wrong to be thinking about that because camp work is incredibly hard. Um, you know, long hours, uh, physically demanding, it's all of those things. And it is incredibly rewarding, right? It, it is both, both of those two things can be true at the same time. Um, and even as camp directors, Oliver was saying that like, you know, camp directors get stressed out in the summer. And there's a reason why many camp directors hibernate for all of September. Um, it's it, because that's, that's the way it is. You put your hundred percent into the camper experience um, because you want them to have as good of an experience as you did as a camper, or you just want them to have a great experience period. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of work. Any other thoughts on that, Oliver, before we go on? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think about it like kind of like um, you're a volunteer to have your blood sucked by a vampire. I know that's a weird image, but you know, like in vampire movies, there's always like those like voluntary people who are like, I love you, vampire, please let me feed you. Like, that's what being a counselor is like. It's a really messed up mentality. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just feel like that might give you like an embellished example, but I feel like it will stick like some of like you're not literally giving your blood to campers, although sometimes you might have minor cuts and bruises that you need to treat. But um, <laughs> it, it sometimes it feels like you are, like you have this joy in kind of letting yourself get drained by somebody else. And like Matt said, at the end of the summer, you'll be super, super drained, but you'll feel like you serve someone really well. With that being said, the vampires in my imagination are like really nice vampires. They are like not mean, cruel, like... Um, vampires they're the nice ones <laughs> oliver you are all over the english spectrum today you're like using altruistic and abnegation and then a loose vampire metaphor i love it i'm, I love I'm, it. <laughs> I'm here for all the uh, english majors today <laughs> who should be camp counselors that's right that's right kids need words <laughs> um okay all right myth number six so we talked a little bit about oliver was just saying that how um, I think another thing that goes into that theme, Oliver, is uh, friendships, right? You build all these close friends as campers and you get to hang out with kids. A lot of camps do free choice stuff. So literally, you know, if Oliver and I were best friends, we could just go to every session we wanted to forever um, and just hang out all week. When you're a camp staff member, again, that's one thing that you put aside is that you're going to... you there's a chance to build those relationships, but you are focused on the campers first. You're not always going to get to see your best friends. When it comes to relationships though, camp ones are super powerful. So sometimes when, when I hear potential applicants to camp say, you know, I'm really, my friends have all these plans for the summer or, you know, we're going away to college next year um, or next year's our last year of college. And uh, I really just, you know, I, I'm worried that I'm going to miss out. They have, you have what, what, I think kids still use FOMO, Oliver, fear of missing out. Might, mm. That might be a millennial term. Um, but, you know, you're, you're worried that you're going to miss out. And what I would say is that could be true. And I would also say that from my experience, the relationships that I made at camp um, were so incredibly powerful that those are the people that I hang out with now. And, you know, some of my best friends stopped working at camp, I don't know, 
six years before I did, and I'm still best friends with them today. My core group of friends all stopped working at camp maybe five years before I did, and I'm still best friends with them. I don't hang out with a single person I went to high school with, except for my best friend, because there was a, he's also one of the camp people, and I don't hang out with a single person I went to university with. I, you know, I, I message them. We have group messages, but like, you know, the people that I want to dedicate my time with, the people that I'm missing the most because of COVID right now, a hundred percent of them besides my family are camp people. So, um, those relationships, they will be powerful. And what I would also say is bring your friends, right? If you want to make memories for somebody, bring your friends. You won't get to work with them every single day, but you'll get to hang out with them on days off, on weekends. Um, you know, you might get the odd session together, or maybe even you'll get to co-counsel together, which would, which is super fun. Co-counseling with your best friend is like the best. It's so much fun. Um, and also, you know, camps will, might offer time off during the summer. Maybe they only run for one month or there's a week where they need less staff members and you can put in a request. Not all camps do that. Sometimes they just need people all the time, but there might be some time where you could have that cottage weekend or you could have that rest midsummer if that works. It's great to work all summer if you can, but sometimes there's opportunities for that. So don't worry about those relationships. I guarantee you, in my experience, I'll say, and I think I can speak for Oliver and many camp staff members out there, that the experience they had at camp in the summer was much more valuable than, you know, three weeks in a row at a cottage. There's only so much like water skiing you can do, really. Go hang out with kids, make a bracelet, make some memories at camp. Yeah, I, I mean, it's nice because camp keeps you busy every single day, right? And then you add the friendships you get from it are because you're, you know, you're working together. So you're problem solving, you're working together, you're creating these memories and stuff. The relationships that you build at camp oh, are so much stronger. Like Matt said, uh, yeah, a group message. I don't talk to anybody from high school. I group message friends from college. Um, but the friends I'm missing now are the camp friends who I can't see because of COVID, right? Like, um I have I have another another fancy English word uh, for you is camaraderie, right? When you're working hard with somebody that you are um, that you are close with, you build relationships with them. One of my best friends in the world, Ian. I don't know if you listen to this podcast. You probably don't because you're a teacher now. Um, but I remember a moment when we were lifting a dock together, and we we're like, "This is really heavy." And then we got the dock in, and we were like yeah, let's go. We're best friends. <laughs> it was really just because we did this crazy hard thing together um, that we became friends. So uh, through the difficulty and the hard, the, the, the toughness that it is to work at camp sometimes, that also brings people super close together. So that's a way that you'll build friendships. Oh, yeah. So much to it. Um, but with that being said, that uh, that's all of our myths. Obviously, there's more. If you know a cool camp myth, um, send it to us. Let us know. We'll give our contact at the bottom. Um, but let us, uh, or if there's a myth that you have at your camp that might be particular, like there's a monster in your lake or something, uh, let us know. Oh. Those are the cool things to hear about. Every we'll camp like, has its stories. We'll do a paranormal version of the myths. Exactly. Right. I like it. I like uh, it. But, but that does mean at the end of our show, we're going to do the Eggle time, which means ever growing, ever learning. It's a trick, a tip, a game, a song for counselors to use to become better every single day. Matt, what is your Eggle today? Thank you, Oliver. I, I hope that I haven't done this one already, but I might have. We're like 33 episodes in. I can't 
I, I can't promise that at this point, but this is a game that you can do. It's a great uh, back pocket game or a filler game. I know we've done a couple, but this one is uh, finger math or finger calculator or magic fingers, whatever you want to call it. There's, uh, there's tons of different names. There's, everyone will lay claim to this being their game, but there's a million people who've done it. Anyway, the way that it works is you and your partner um, are going to stand face to face. Uh, social distancing, if you will. And what would happen is you're going to put your hands behind your back. Oliver and I will put them behind our heads for those of you watching on YouTube. And what's going to happen is on the count of three, we are going to show between one and 10 fingers. The goal is to add up the sum of fingers between my, between me and Oliver, between you and your partner, whoever gets the total right first wins. And you have to make it easy. You can't like hide your hands on people. Oliver, you ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. 18. Okay, okay. Oliver did the classic, I'm going to do 10, or zero is the, is the strategy you can do as well. Um, but you can start with kids. You can start with one hand, and that is a great way to start. You can go up to two hands. You can play with three people, and it gets intense. You can also do like multiplication um, or subtraction or something like that, and you build some math skills in there too. So uh, add them up, I think is what Jim Kane calls it. So you could find it there, but it's a pretty simple game. Spend five minutes and play. All right. Uh, for my angle, I'm going to be offering y'all a book, um, but, or books in general. Um, this is the Campfire Cookbook. It's 80 Imaginative Recipes for Outdoor Cooking. Um, and just because for some of us, it might be winter and a bit colder outside, doesn't mean we can't start a fire or just try to do these recipes in our oven to get them ready for when the time comes for summer. So um, I suggest, you know, start learning some campfire cooking recipes that you can do. Uh, maybe try to learn some adaptations with the uh ingredients that you typically get for say your uh campfire dinners or whatever they like whatever you call them i call them hobo dinners um so that you can maybe make some cool creative dishes with your campers when summer comes or maybe some cool desserts that you can bring to your overnight that your campers don't normally get like a super s'more or something like that uh but that's a campfire cookbook that I've looked through once or twice before to get some cool recipes, but also um, the internet is a plethora of places to search. And I put the, um, the eight, uh, the code or link in our <laughs> show notes. So you can go and just click on it, go to Amazon, click by, I believe it's $9 and $9 for self-improvement is like nothing, right? If you're spending thousands of dollars on college, that's right. nine bucks. Way cheaper than a textbook, that's for sure. Exactly. Or just, like I said, go on the internet. It's free. You know, search campfire recipes. Mm -hmm. So easy, people. So easy. The nice, the nice thing about a book, though, is usually you don't get, like, the Pinterest of it, right? You can go on Pinterest and search campfire recipes, and you're going to get a lot of weird stuff. Mm -hmm. At least for the most part, books like that. And you can read the reviews on um, on Amazon before you buy something, right? So get get a book that's that's good. Um if you, if I would also recommend camp uh, cast iron cooking uh, books. If you can find yourself a Dutch oven, one of those big cast iron pots with the lid on it that use charcoal underneath, those are super fun to cook in. You can make some super cool stuff. Oh yeah, I have a cherry pie recipe that's to die for. So. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. With that being said, though, Matt, how am I going to get a hold of you if I want to get your um, Dutch oven cooking recipes or learn a little bit more about what we talked about in the show today? For sure. You can email me at matt, M-A-T-T, -T, at gocamp.pro. 
and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Just fire me an email if you want to be on the show, if you have a suggestion for a topic, anything like that, email me. I'd love to hear it. Oliver, how about you? Uh, you can get a hold of me by just doing oliver.gregan.scd at gmail.com. And you can do the same. Send me whatever you want us to talk about, honestly. Um, we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So if you want a staff training exercise on, I don't know, how to properly fold clothes, I don't know if we do that episode, but we could talk about it, maybe. We talk about um, anything. <laughs> yeah, but send us any show ideas you have. We would love to talk about them. We are constantly trying to expand our library of podcasts so that you can be a first class counselor. Love it. Uh, and if you did enjoy today's show, we'd be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you were listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only tell us what you like and don't like about the show, but it helps boost our ratings and helps more people discover the show. And uh, we talked about a couple of things that, that would be in the show notes for this episode. I believe two past episodes, um, Camp is a Real Job, Camp Counselor Financials, and I'll have the link to Oliver's uh, cookbook posted in there. Uh, and you can find those show notes and all of our past episodes and their awesome show notes at gocamp.pro slash FCC. And you can check out that and all the other great podcasts that the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network puts out. Yeah, and there is some great stuff coming these seasons. I get excited every single time one of our friends puts up an episode. They're all, they've all been amazing. I message Matt every single time, like, whoa, check this out. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, thanks for listening, friends. And remember, camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage Camp Pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.